pushing the boundaries of expectations, rewriting the rules of adventure are the reasons we get up in the morning. We share your hunger for a life without limits. Greetings and welcome back to your Kinetic Belief Podcast for manifesting your most abundant life. I am really thrilled to have all of you back with us again today. And if you would like to receive an occasional encouraging text message from me, text the word Kinetic to 844-844-0049. StephenCanyon.com is the website. Follow us on Instagram at Stephen Canyon and then make sure that you subscribe to this podcast so that you do not miss one single episode. <laughs> the video of the podcast is also now available, isn't it, Miss Maggie? Yes, it is. StephenCanyon.com. are you, my I'm bright wonderful. and shiny friend? I love how you deliver all of those. They're more like demands. You know, they're not requests. Follow us. Well, I just, you know, it. It, it takes the guesswork out of exactly. it, doesn't it? I'm not asking you to do anything. <laughs> I'm commending you. I'm telling you. <laughs> hi. Um, hi. Oh, I'm so excited to be back in the podcast chair with you. Your hair looks so good today. Thank you. What What did you do? What is your secret? The secret is to be in a very dry climate where you have no, no, no frizz. Well, we're about to travel, so that's going to change. It sure is. It How sure about is. the aspen leaves? I can't say enough about all of the spectacular colors. I'm obsessed. Isn't they beautiful? They're, they're just stunning. And I feel like as though the trunks are changing color as well. They seem to turn a little more of almost like a bluish, bluish tint. Well, you have perfected. Uh, painting the trunks of those aspens. You know, if I've done anything this season, I, it, that's something I've done. I've added to my my repertoire. Well, you keep asking me if I want to see how you do it, and I don't want to. I don't want to see the sausage being made. I just <laughs> I want to see the. the it's not. The, it's the not hideous made. or anything. I well, promise. Well, it's kind of like if you go to the doctor and they say, "You want to see your X-rays?" No, I do not. No, I'm okay. Thank you. I, no, I'm fine. <laughs> Right. And on our walk walkabout yesterday, want to see your <laughs> who wants to see their X-rays? No, I, I'm good. Um, on our walkabout yesterday, yes. we we saw uh, moose prints, big. Well, you found them, huge. You're always finding the turquoise well, and I'm the closer, shark's teeth. I'm closer to the ground than you are. Is that so, what it is? Yeah, I think so. It makes a difference. But, it wasn't a big footprint. It was um, um, definitely a moose print. And it, was it was enormous. But it was big. That's something that uh, I would not want to encounter on the trail. They they do. I mean, I think they're so beautiful and majestic, but they do seem to have a very real sense of of aggression. Well, we're still yeah. up in the Rockies. In case you guys are wondering, no, we're not on a beach somewhere looking at moose prints. But <laughs> that would be we're cool, We're still though. here. And we had our, sno- our, cool. our first snowfall, actually, to make it down from the peaks to where we're yeah. staying yeah. Uh, over the weekend. So built a fire. We got the snow falling and the little <laughs> fox is sleeping out in the, the field we can see. And yeah. it's nice. It's pretty magical. And I, we're so funny though, because, you know, it's just a light dusting. We're, we're going, maybe we can go snowshoeing tomorrow morning and we wake up and it's not even close. And we still go snowshoeing. No, <laughs> but you, you could. Yeah. <laughs> you still clop around funny. on your That's your true. Snow. Now I'm ready for a big, deep, intense cannot leave the house except in snowshoes snow well we'll be here until the end of the month so i predict that we're going to have an opportunity to to snowshoe before we before we leave here do you find yourself missing the cabies during the week because i feel super connected to everyone for example right now and and i miss that every day but it would be far worse if we were not getting the emails you guys thank you so much for staying in touch with maggie and i during the week we are not podcasting as much as we usually do because we're getting ready for a concert series, and and also I'm on kind of a hard uh, uh, deadline for 
finishing a book that I've been the talking about book. for a while. Yes. So, but yeah, thank you. Do keep emailing us. Let us know how your life is going. We respond. Yeah. We get those. Yes. So, um, the know, correspondence is, is wonderful. Speaking of, of correspondence, we have a new question here from a KB hmm. and, um, her name is Teresa. Hey, Teresa. Thanks for sending in your question. And she writes, I recently purchased your 100-Day Law of Attraction guided journal. I am just beginning my journey, and I'm very excited about it. I just want to make sure that I have the right state of mind and that my intentions are the right kind for attracting a better life. When I'm journaling, any advice would be great. With very. much light and love from Austin, Texas. Austin, yeah, very astute, Teresa. That's a great question because your your frame of mind, your your um, state of being is very important when it comes to the expectations of your manifestation. So the practice of the first of all, the practice of keeping a diary or a journal. Um, you know, this isn't something new, by the way. It goes back thousands of years with the earliest known. Actually, the earliest known example coming from Roman Emperor Marcus Aurelius, and it was in a book that has been preserved and is filled with all kinds of insights and wisdom that uh, he was receiving. And um, it was a book I enjoy. It's called Meditations. But journaling is so vital to our success, regardless of who you are. And so your state of mind, your state of being is paramount. And so that's why we talk about when you get into the the mode of journaling, using your imagination to perceive your highest expectations for the life that you want to live, it really is vital that you get into an area, take a walk about like we talk about doing, go out and look for moose prints or do something to unplug from the normal, <laughs> yeah. get away from the habitual way of life, get into your hygge space, go into your room, close the door, put everybody on notice, put your phone away, everything that is a, a typical uh, interruption from your innermost being. Mm. Get quiet, light a candle, do some incense, whatever it is, take your little warm cup of hot tea, and immerse yourself for an hour to the inner state of being, where I go to write music. Artists go to just receive an unction from their higher state of being that will lift and elevate you above your your conscious state of awareness, or rather your unconscious state of awareness, from your thinking mind to where you can just be open to persuasion and suggestion from aligning yourself with your higher consciousness. And so that's the proper place to go. And, and you'll receive inspiration. You'll receive information regarding the life you were put here on the this planet to experience. You know, most people, Maggie, have achieved great success in their lives by journaling their highest expectations. They're journalers. And they do it by observing the life they expected to experience in their imaginations. For example, there are over 5,000 documents covering the first 44 years of Albert Einstein's life written by hand, his hand, into journals which are now they're kept in the Hebrew University of Jerusalem, which he also founded. Mark Twain filled up to 50 journals in his lifetime. 50. Wow. And I know we have some KBs out there that are working on their second and even third journal, but 50, 50 journals. <laughs> wow. Darwin journaled about 195,000 pages. 
which Meg, what? you and I were able to read through some of those writings and, and look at some of his drawings earlier this year at the uh, Edinburgh Scotland Museum of History. And you remember us literally stumbling upon Sacagawea's grave? Yes. Gravesite. When we were on the Shoshone Native American Reservation, we were doing some field team search and relief work, guys and gals, with some of the Arapaho and the Shoshone children and their families. And Meg, you and I were on the Wind River Reservation in Riverton, Wyoming. And we were led by curiosity up this, this footpath that came out of the forest there. And so we just headed up into the woods like we often do by the edge of the forest. And we ended up in Fort Washakie. I think that's how you say it. I think it's Washakie. Fort Washakie. Yeah. And there, there it was. We saw Sacagawea's grave. And for those of you that, that don't know perhaps who Sacagawea was, she, at the age of 16, I believe it was, back in 1805, left her people to help the Lewis and Clark expedition continue their journey into the Pacific Northwest. And she was their leader, and she helped them to survive that unbelievable journey. But Lewis and Clark, the reason I'm even thinking about this is Lewis and Clark created 18 journals, which are now held in the uh, American Philosophical Society in Philadelphia. Then there is the most prolific inventor in American history, Thomas Edison, who left behind more than 5 million pages of his journaling. 5 million pages, Maggie. How is that physically possible? I don't know. You know what? I want to do the math on that. I do too. How How many pages a day? A minute. How How many many pages a minute? 5 million pages. I don't even know. And as prolific as... His perusal meanderings, his journaling was, so were the insights of wisdom and the attraction of his kinetic beliefs to the point of manifesting almost 1,100 patented inventions in his lifetime. So here we are. The, the point of it is, is the world's greatest dreamers, the explorers, the curious, didn't just keep diaries. They kept these imaginative manifesting journals as a way of their illustrious uh, adventurous lives as a way of realizing to fruition exactly what it is that they desired in this life. Well, the differentiation you just showed us between journaling and keeping a diary, I find very profound because when you do first start journaling, you have the sense of that it's a diary as if you're just recording what's happening. Um, but no, you're, you're giving us this, this wider sense of the imaginative process that is connected historically with journaling. You know, we get a lot of questions from some of our KBs when they first get the Law of Attraction 100-Day Guided Journal, and they, they're a little confused as to, what do I write? How do I do this? Because, you know, most people have kept a diary, and a diary is very different from a Law of Attraction Guided Journal. In that a diary, you're simply just recording what's happening to you. So you can, it's like, it's like a photo catalog. You can go back years later and go, oh, I remember that. We had a great time out on the hike up in the mountains or whatever. A journal that you're keeping for manifesting your greatest life, your highest viewpoint for living is different in that you're creating a blueprint for your highest expectations. You're creating a blueprint for manifesting uh, uh perfected health, for manifesting greater wealth and things that you would imagine to to attract into your life. Wow. Well, we do that by, in the, in the 
guided journal, you allow the, the written directives to, after meditating upon them to create these sparks of ingenuity that are bringing out the essence of your genius of purpose for living. And that's the way this works. You read a little bit, you meditate on it, Insights will come when you ask yourself questions and begin to affirm your greatest expectations, and then the unction of those, those inspired thoughts, that's what you want to journal. And then we go back to that day after day to see where we're going and what kind of life we're actually blueprinting, and that's how we approach the, the manifesting journal. Well, and you're like you're telling us, this is not a cerebral process. It's highly spiritual. Um, we're activating our imaginations, which is so exciting, and that's even what allows us to go through the journal again and again and again. And I think, I think many times when, at least for some of us, when we're handed something and told to write, um, we instantly think of homework, you know? And so, Don't we? And so our, our mind sort of uh, shifts into this strange this strange area of a have to and I, I the description you just gave of, of the process is so beautiful because it's going to get us into that meditative imaginative state and I have to say that I was I was there when you were writing this book and during that those highly in, intensive meditative times and that is how you wrote the book yourself and so it makes sense that that, that's how we're we're approaching it as well. Clear your mind, clear your thoughts, and allow inspiration to come uh, by asking questions about why am I here? And if you ask the mm-hmm. question with the intent of getting the answer, wisdom will provoke that answer from mm-hmm. within. You know, one of the greatest artists and intellectuals of the Renaissance, Leonardo da Vinci, whom we talk about often on the podcast, uh, da Vinci's legacy has been preserved in more than 7,000 pages of notes and illustrations, including what's called the Codex, which, by the way, Maggie, I am so grateful that you gave me a copy of as a gift when we were mm-hmm. uh, spending time in, in Sedona. Yes. Because Da Vinci's Codex is considered to be one of the most intriguing notebooks of his life. His journaling provides incredible insight into his curiosities, into the kind of questions he was asking the universe about his his life, his purpose, how he thought about things, his, uh, his meditations, and then not only as a scientist, but also as a thinker. Mm-hmm. And a there is revealed a beautiful link between art and science and the creativity of the scientific process. To understanding our purposeful place within the universe. Uh, Henry David Thoreau said, How vain it is to sit down to write when you have not stood up to live. How true that is. In exactly the same way that it would be, well, it would be vain to stand up to live without having sat down to write, wouldn't it? So, you know, that's what that's. That's how powerful journaling in the, the way that we're talking about is, is to allow the expression of our innermost being to see the light of a page written by our hand, mm-hmm. seen by our eyes, and explored by the light of our innermost being. I have to say, when I'm journaling, and I don't know if it's like this for everyone, um, but when I'm journaling, it, it, it feels even as though I'm organizing my imaginations because the mind is so, the depth of our mind, the ability of our mind to hold literally millions of thoughts and ideas at once um, can make you feel a little scattered when you're trying to manifest something highly specific. And so I love the process of 
of writing and, and being almost forced to funnel my imaginations down into an art, a perfectly articulated way because I find that when I go to write something, I realize, oh my goodness, I haven't even actually articulated this vision to the point that it needs to be to manifest it into my life. But isn't that it? Isn't this the, the most peaceful, joyous way to live this life? Oh, it's yes. peaceful because you're not turning over in the rational mm-hmm. processes of, of the mind, the thinking and the reasoning, that the pragmatism of, of the empirical forms around you and trying to make sense of it. Mm. And that's exhausting, isn't it? It yes. can be. Look, this is your life. This is your this is our one and only chance to feel the sensation of living by faith, of living by the choice of our expectations mm-hmm. and of all of our uh, uh, personal core beliefs that we were created with and to not deny those. To not look in the other direction and to turn a deafened ear toward those things that are supposed to be meaningful to us. It is not to be taken for granted. It is a privilege. It is an absolute privilege to go through every single day living our best lives. Well, this is such a high form of self-love, isn't it? Of self-care. Because it's a physical representation of taking time for our our self-love, loving ourselves unconditionally. Mm-hmm. And it's something for me, it's something I can always point to and say, look, every day when I journal, that is beginning my day, this new time, this new sunrise of a day <laughs> with love for self. And then you know that that's going to, as you always teach us, Steve, that's going to emanate through us and carry us through the day and and, and also follow in others as well. Yes, that is because that is it. And, and until you fall deeply in love with yourself, you're not going to be grateful for yourself. You're not going to be grateful for life or anyone mm-hmm. around you. You certainly won't be grateful for your creator. And life falls flat unless you do get to the place where first things are first. And I'll tell you this, that your best life is not going to be a possibility for you, for anyone to fully experience, unless we are grateful for this one existential life opportunity that we've all been given. Gratitude. We talk about it often, but I don't think to the to the extent that we must, that we have to understand it, especially in Western culture. Gratitude is one of the most important attributes for attracting wealth, for attracting good health, for attracting authentic love into our lives, the substance of joy and optimistic happiness. It's a very real, tangible thing, and most people have, have experienced some form of Uh, of gratitude, but it's not the kind of authentic gratitude that produces results. Mm. And it's not the kind of experience that um, that carries you over the threshold into experiencing your genius of purpose, the reason that you are are here in the land of the living. And I, I think we ought to take a few minutes and really talk about the kind of gratitude that that heals the body, that heals, you know, gets rid of sickness when the doctor said you, there's no healing available to you, the kind of gratitude that attracts vast amounts of wealth and and genuinely good friends that mm. that gives a person the experiences of their best life. Well, I'm so excited that you're going to take us through this today because... 
gratitude is absolutely one of those terms and one of those words. It's become a buzzword. You mentioned Western culture. And many times, highly powerful and potent words are taken and then they're watered down and they're given sort of a, a shallow usage in our culture. And I think gratitude is one of those that um, we need to g- regain a depth of understanding of how it works, why it works, what it truly is. Well, give a you know a couple of thousand years of experience in a culture that <laughs> moves it moves you a little just a small percentage away from the original meaning of a thing, and you do have a completely different definition for most words, including gratitude and love. Wow, you know, I love that this idea that you know one degree of misunderstanding over over centuries becomes well a gross misrepresentation. Night becomes day, and day becomes night, right. doesn't it? Yes. Wow. But I, I'm grateful for you. I really am. You too. In in the right sense, not because of what you do for me, but because of what you allow me to do for you. I'm so grateful for you. And you know, most people have have been thankful for presence. Most people understand what gratitude means for the gifts of love and help, and, and they're grateful for hospitality and assistance. And, you know, if you have a flat tire and someone pulls over to help you change the tire, you're grateful for that. We understand that kind of gratitude. And we know what gratitude feels like in that sense. Everybody I talk to is in favor of that. No problem. Yes, yes, Steve. Yes, Miss Maggie. Let's be grateful for these things, or at least in favor of receiving gratitude and thanks, and in, in giving gratitude and thanks, mm-hmm. and, and those kind of things. It's a reciprocal kind of understanding of gratitude. A recip- just like uh, there's a reciprocity in under- the understanding of the um, misinformation that has created the the wrong definition of the kind of love that manifests. Mm-hmm. So. A lot of children learn in, at an early age that it's good manners to say, thank you. We hear it all the time. What do you say, Timmy? Well, thank you. Even in cultures where verbal expressions of gratitude are not expected, there are still acts of reciprocity mm-hmm. that are expected. And you can see it virtually every single language in the world has a word equivalent to gratitude. And all major religions encourage expressions of thanksgiving and, and gratitude. But there is an opposite of gratitude, which is a sense of entitlement. That just because you were born, that you have a right to a lot of stuff. And the problem with having a sense of entitlement is that a person's everyday life in a money-based economy, like we're talking about in Western society, actually increases a collective sense of ingratitude because there is this attitude that there's no need to feel grateful for, for example, for a service that you pay for. Mm. And, and you, can, you can often see this with people who have a lot of money, for example. Often they'll adopt a sense of servitude entitlement as a result of having a lot of money. Or here in, in a money-based economy, when you pay for something, you take its availability or its functionality for granted. And if, for example, if you're staying in a hotel and you pay for the experience for staying in a hotel, most people feel entitled, well, to plumbing that works and clean sheets and towels and as many, many uh, pillows as, as they can tuck between their knees. <laughs> so, you know, I paid for that. 
Is that personal experience, Steve? <laughs> well, I'm oh, going to need I've, I've eight just, pillows. I've, I've, so I've heard. But, you know, <laughs> I had but, a friend. <laughs> but most people don't feel a need to be grateful for running water or any of those things. We just take them for granted. If we pay for a dinner out in a restaurant, well, it better be good. Or if you if you pay to get your nails done, well, they better look good for well, until the the last bit of color grows out. Payment for service is part of a, of a reciprocal exchange. It comes with expectations and it comes with assumptions of being pleased. When we go to the store, now that we've figured out how the self checkout works, how to put each object down after you scan it and. Which is for me, it's still complicated. So I just I stand behind you one hundred times <laughs> while you, you scan, oh, rather than have your than, full support. Yeah, and and you you figure out how to do all of that, and uh, rather than you know put it back into the cart before you're supposed to, and you scan everything, you pay for it, and you're standing there all alone. No one's there to help you. There's no sense that you need to be grateful or to say thank you to anybody. Mm. So the point of all this is here we are. In 2021, in the Western civilization, primarily, mechanizations, artificial intelligence, the advent of the self-serve mode, reciprocal transactions. If you'll help me, then I will help you, the, the philosophy of that. More often than not, shut down and turn off every sense of being grateful. So the result of all that is the collective sense of narcissistic entitlement mm. enforced by a payment for services contract is that you really do have a legally enforceable right to demand products or services that you've paid for and to even complain and leave bad reviews when you don't get what you want. Mm. And so this is the breakdown here. This is the letdown where misplaced desire is backed by negative judgments and the selfish demands of all these different types of entitlement. You know, a few things are really standing out to me uh, on a personal level, you know, self-realizing in the moment that before tech became such a prevalent part of our lives, it's as if we were constantly triggered for gratitude. Mm -hmm. We were constantly reminded because you're you're face to face with the person that's offering that service over and over and over again. And so making sure that we're self-triggering <laughs> gratitude is becoming more important than ever. And then also seeing the person, seeing the person on the other, the human being on the other side of the service um, that yes, we're paying for, but it's a it's quite the connection if you pause to, to think about it, like you're walking us through right now. Well, it is a modern thing, isn't it? Because you, you think back of where, you know, if you were going to eat something, you had to go out and hunt it. Mm. And so there had to have been more of an intrinsic connection with the universe, with God, with your source. With source. With source. And wow. providing, again, one more day for your family. You didn't go down to the store and get it knowing that it was going to be there. You go out into the forest hoping it will be. And so there is more of a connection with that thing that you wanted to be grateful for in, in hopes that it will show up again tomorrow. Mm. But now, so here's what happens. People typically feel no gratitude for the land that produces their food. They don't feel any gratitude to the, to the farmers who grow their food. No appreciation for the people who transport it and prepare it. Because they're just so detached from the obligatory contracts of their demands. Mm -hmm. And so civilization 
is at the breaking point of ingratitude. And history has shown that what you're not grateful for, whatever you take for granted, you'll lose it. And this is the law of reciprocity, doing exactly what it was designed to do. You get what you're willing to give. And, and so the universe has got a way of evolving every single person's experiences to awaken the ungracious, the, the unconscious people from a slumber of self-centeredness where we found ourselves. Wow. You know, sudden disruptions, which we talk a lot about, sudden disruptions will change a person's egoic perspective like nothing else will. And that's part of the expanding universe, Maggie, is where mm. most of us have experienced this, where maybe parents or husbands or wives, maybe friends are, you've just taken them for granted. And then if they die, especially if they die unexpectedly, their families and their friends become aware of how important they were to them and how much they had received from them and how important of a place in their lives they played for them to be able to share with or to turn a love for them toward. And if someone is in an accident, and they'll usually feel very grateful just to be alive following the accident, when before the accident, they just took their life for granted. If someone loses their wallet, which I did a couple of years ago, and or a purse or a cell phone or something of value, you feel so grateful if it is returned to you, even though you, you took it for granted before you lost it. Mm-hmm. Have you ever lost your electricity? Most people have. You were probably really grateful for your electricity when it came back on, but not so much before it went off. So here's the standard for the powerful kinetic believer. As soon as you stop taking almost everything for granted, you begin to realize that you can be grateful for almost everything. Wow. Almost everything. And you should you should even be grateful for your most your most wonderful, exquisite, one-of-a-kind, beautiful existence. Just the mere fact that you've, you're breathing and that you've got a, the sense of awareness that you get to, to experience another day and to observe and to see the sky and the birds and, and, and notice things, just to be aware of things. That's cause for gratitude, isn't it? Mm. And the only reason that any of us exists is because... Well, think about it this way. Our ancestors survived and successfully reproduced. And that was the most likely thing resulting in our attendance to the greatest show in the universe, to even being here today. As a baby, we were totally dependent on other people for our survival, weren't we? I mean, there's a time in in our lives that we don't remember being here. Somebody was taking care of our every single need. And simply to have survived to the age of, of us where we are today, took the support of hundreds, thousands, actually even millions of other people, of farmers and mm-hmm. teachers and builders and electricians and plumbers, doctors, nurses, dentists, grocers, the people who design and make computers and smartphones and all those things and the pilots that fly you and me to and fro and everywhere we go and the crew who flew with us and, and uh, just from one part of the world to the other, the bus drivers and the highway construction workers, and it goes on and on and on. But again, as miraculous as all of, all of our support is, we are here only because 
this planet exists. And life on Earth has evolved over billions of years to give us this living, breathing planet on which we, all of us, we totally depend on for our expansion, for our growth, for the sustainment of life. But now hold on to your gratitude horses for a minute because I'm not finished. (laughs) Our planet is part of the solar system. And all of life on Earth depends on the sustaining light of the sun and on its gravitational pull, which keeps us in this steady, life-friendly, life-producing orbit. And then if you believe that God is the source of all things and that God's love and light, God's being, is the thing that sustains the universe and beyond, which is a, it's a belief shared by Christians, Muslims, Jews, and Hindus, then I'm telling you, your ultimate gratitude is to God for the very fact of your existence. Life is a fact, and desires are a part of the facts of life. And since none of us created the fact of ourselves, then we, all of us, have the deepest obligation to the powers that brought us and everything else into being. And that's our greatest cause for Uh, for every sense of gratitude i can sense my highest self just nodding and agreeing with everything that you're that you're telling us today because it it feels as if you're giving us a, a fundamental reframing um a new definition or the true definition i should say of gratitude because for example if we were going to be grateful for everything you were just describing in a way that we must be triggered that would be exhausting so to mindfully in a cerebral in a cerebral way, approach every single little morsel of life with gratitude, that would be impossible. And so it almost feels as if gratitude must become us. We mm. must become it because that's the only way mm. to to live life in the way that, that you're describing. I think you're onto something, Miss Maggie. <laughs> gratitude is a way of personality, <laughs> Ooh, yeah. not as a wow. way of a function that recognizes a thing that you should be grateful for because you've opened up a gift, mm. but as your personality. Mm. One where you wow. go through your day grateful for the sun, the warmth of the sun on your face. A personality. Mm. You know, in all religious traditions, there are hymns of praise. And there are expressions of gratitude toward the divine source of all that is one and one that is all. And it's part of the reciprocal interaction with the spirit of creation, with thanksgiving and, and gratitude. It connects you. This kind of gratitude that becomes your personality is the thing that connects you to the source of the gift of life itself, to the abundance of all things, and to all the other blessings in our lives. So, Teresa, journaling (laughs) connects your mind and the body and the soul to the awareness of all that is good, all that is life source, of the life energy that you can feel coursing through the interior of your body, the essence of your being. It connects you to that, and that kind of awareness springs forth more life and allows the flow of life to go through you. And it's the immersion into the awareness of gratitude that attracts more of what you're grateful for. You know, one expression of the awareness of gratitude is to share your gifts with others when we talk about flow, to become part of the flow on which you are depending upon for life. And 
It's the practice of gratitude that connects us to the inflow of life, the increase of becoming more, more coming into us, and then it's the giving and the returning of thanks in the natural, in the human realm, as well as the flow of life essence in the empirical realm of nature, uh, in plants and animals, without egoic resistance, prideful resistance, sense of entitlement, you then flourish with the breath of ecosystems as they expand to become more. You move with the dynamics of the earth and the solar system, and you move and increase and expand with the expanding galaxy and even the entire cosmos. You, know, you just mentioned egoic resistance, and it, it does seem as though this is going to help us connect with our highest self and remain and live from that highest self, highest source place because it's it's allowing us to always be positively energetically creating these 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 beautiful occurrences of not just gratitude but truly seeing what we're grateful for and seeing the people and seeing that person and and really it's um it feels as though it's going to really root us in the humanity, the the right kind of humanity, and and the ability to truly connect and see others. Mm, those, are, those are two words you just mentioned: connection and being rooted. Mm. Connection and rootedness, because if you're moving with life, Maggie, gratitude will connect you. It will root you. It will immerse you directly into the conscious source of all being. Wow. So we're either connected or disconnected, rooted or not rooted. And so by being connected into the conscious source of all being, the source of all consciousness with form uh, and energy, which Jews, Christians, Muslims call God, in which Hindus call uh, Satchitananda, which just means being a consciousness, being blissful oneness as a state of being. Uh, through it's through daily journaling like we're talking about you can practice this kind of gratitude as a way of personality and learn to recount your blessings i don't like it when i don't like the way some people say count your blessings recount them as <laughs> as you know to to, to to say count your blessings and say oh, i counted that now what uh. no recount <laughs> And just in other words, remain aware totally that everything is a gift. Everything, not the one thing that you you find more valuable than another or something that's a new experience. No, all things, even in its repetitive state, the sunshine on your shoulders, as John Denver would say or sing. (laughs) Be grateful for it and count it and recount it. Make a Mm -hmm. list. Meditate on every single item and put forth this personality that you're developing in, this deep sense of gratitude as a way of life, as a way of your life, for your health, for abundance, for all things being good. And this will completely awash any negative sense of being away from you and your vernacular and your vocabulary. And you'll no longer tolerate those conversations. You'll no longer tolerate the negative news, tolerate fear and worry and doubt and those things. Because this kind of mindset, which you practice 
uh, being all things good. It's good for you. It's good for your family. And you're, you're grateful for your teachers. And you become thankful for me. And you become thankful for Maggie it, like we are for you <laughs> and every person that you meet. Yes. And thankful and grateful for your language, for music and culture, for the economy, for education and society, for plants and all the animals. Grateful to Mother Nature in her many forms to the entire universe, and to the source of all being, grateful to consciousness, to the creative, imaginative power of love. I love how this picture that you're painting of true gratitude, what it really means, how it really works, the, like you said, that was, oh, I love that, the personality that we get to take on of gratitude. It's revealing in this podcast that it's going to allow us to remain rooted in truth, in the true reality of how things are, because culture, uh, the news, people maybe that have a low energetic and negative energetic, they're always trying to convince us that the bad is outweighing the good. Mm-hmm. And that is that could not be more false, because when you do start to recount your blessings, you realize the 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 mountain of blessings that are overtaking you at all times. And so it's just so wonderful, this idea that we get to live in the, in the true reality that things are good and that they are progressing toward perfection. Yeah, and the reason they do that is because that's the, that's the purpose of fear, is to make mm. you fearful of the negative becoming greater. Nothing wow. stays the same. Wow. And so we practice our journaling, uh, journaling gratitude. We practice that as a way of life. And by meditating on our constructs that connects us to what we are now attracting Mm. because that's what we're doing we're creating more of our life more of what you fear or more of what you're grateful for Mm -hmm. one or the other so by attracting you know i was thinking this this picture just popped into my mind so i hesitated for a moment by attracting (laughs) you were standing in the kitchen uh, i think yesterday and we (laughs) had just uh lighted an incense and lavender it was lavender and you said why does this thing why does it keep following me around the smoke was just following the, the smoke's me. following you through everywhere you go and it was just like a little genie and it was, it was tapering around the room following you everywhere you go it's because you're creating a space with your body with your presence with your life you're there's actually a vacuum where you're standing mm-hmm. and as you move you're attracting essence you're attracting something to fill the place that you're occupying and that's what we're doing when we are creating and practicing the the manifesting journals that we are working on blueprinting mm-hmm. you're creating a void and and scientifically speaking the universe abhors a vacuum and so it's you're attracting at all times whatever it is that you're imagining to believe the substance of your belief is going to attract more of what you believe more of what you're grateful for mm-hmm. The more intense your gratitude is, the greater the flow of the lavender incense, the greater the flow of the desire to (laughs) become kinetically uh, moving through you as you move through this life. Love to live and live to love. Because when you make the decision to, as Thoreau said, to stand up to live, you're making the decision to flow with the source of light, the flow with the source of love, mm-hmm. which is the source of all abundance. You know, when we first met, Stephen, I, um, you were doing a lot of traveling at that time. And I remember thinking how, obviously, when you first fall in love and you first meet that person, your person, um, being away from them is heightened. It's, it's very difficult. It feels 
makes you feel crazy. Um, and, and I just remember though, during that time that I was so grateful to be shown what it felt like to, to love you and, and be, have you in my life, but not have that total access to you because it did allow me to, to gain this depth of understanding of of why we have to be grateful every single day and why we have to look for these things that are in our lives that and be aware that that not that they could be taken away we don't want to believe for that but just understanding the depth of of gift that all of these new and precious things are in our lives and and I'm 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 always looking back on that time and I'm so grateful for for that time because it gave me such a heightened understanding of what we have and um Hmm. And I don't know why I said that, <laughs> but obviously because we're talking about gratitude. I do. But, well, because I think love yeah. is a powerful thing, and, and mm. most of us have experienced it. And I, you know, I think that when you when you talk about the romantic kind of love, which was just the beginning of our love one for the other, one of the most powerful guides, Maggie, for gracious living, like we're talking about, for energetically flourishing yes. in the abundance of the manifesting uh, manifestation of our best life is found in a passage in the Bible which says to love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. Well, obviously, we love each other, but who's your neighbor? <laughs> Who is that? Especially us. I mean, we're always on the move. We're, yeah. we're in one region or another and like, somewhere else in the world. Are we off the hook? We don't have neighbors. <laughs> Who is your neighbor? Right. Your neighbor mm. is the person who is closest to you at every moment, wherever you are. Mm. When you're standing in line at the grocery store, your neighbor is the person standing in front of you who tried, who, who you had just uh, tried to push your cart past to get ahead of. <laughs> your neighbor is pulling out when you're waiting for a parking space at the coffee shop. And your neighbor is the person in the car who swerved around you and took the place that you've been waiting for. Wow. Unconditional love wishes no harm to those people. Love is considerate of them all. Love is sensitive to all of them. Now, that sounds easy enough, doesn't it? Mm. Or maybe it doesn't. <laughs> Regardless of how it sounds, the fact is, before we can be considerate of someone and sensitive to them, we have to be aware that they are someone, too. Yes. That they are creative creators, whether or not we know them. We have to be spiritually alert enough to notice them. And now to do that, we have to awaken in transcendence of the ego because our culture has trained us to be so self-centered, so self-absorbed, so selfish that we don't even see each other. Mm. And it really is amazing. People will notice babies. They'll notice pets and, and things long before they'll notice other adults. They, they will admire an expensive car and never even see the person driving it. They'll appreciate buildings and clothes, jewelry, and ignore the people in them as if they're just totally insignificant. When we navigate through those kind of sensual perceptions, we're being led by our lower state of being, which is this non it's totally non-productive to advancing ourselves. Every person on the earth is priceless. And more valuable and important than any one thing or any number of things. Never, So we never use people to get things. Use things to love others with and to demonstrate our love for them. Wow. I've got an assignment for everybody today. 
Let's call it a love assignment. As you go through the day, pay attention to your neighbors. Pay attention to those people around you before you address any kind of an issue with them. Just take a few minutes to allow love that's in you to outflow by being aware of whoever is closest to you and interact uh, your sense of awareness with them. And I'm telling you that your energy aura will move through them to include them. And then journal about your outflow of experiential love. Things will happen. You're going to receive some wisdom and some unction, some insights that you weren't necessarily aware of before. And what will happen is it will center you within the creative empowerment of your highest being. And it will heal you. It will enrich you. And it will make all of the difference in your day as well as theirs. Let's work on some highest viewpoints. Yes. To say this aloud, say, I am beautifully made. I am beautifully made. From the substance of great wealth. From the substance of great wealth. From the substance of health and wisdom. From the substance of health and wisdom. I am these things. I am these things. Therefore, I am these things. (laughs) Therefore, I am these things. And I am flowing in the direction of well-being which flows to me. I am flowing in the direction of well-being which flows to me. I am optimistically happy I am optimistically happy because love dwells within me because love dwells within me I don't have love I don't have love I am love I am love I am mastering the universe around me I am mastering the universe around me and whatever I unwaveringly choose to believe and whatever I unwaveringly choose to believe and journal about and journal about I am attracting the abundance of I am attracting the abundance of to me to me and I have the personality I have the personality of gratitude of gratitude. So I am grateful. Mm, so I am grateful. At all times. At all times. For all things. For all things. And there is a wonderment there, for observing. There is a wonderment for observing. The beautiful life around me. The beautiful life around the me. The beautiful creation around me. The beautiful creation around me. All the beauty around me. All the beauty around me. And the abundant life around me. And the abundant life around me. And that awareness. That awareness. Is increasing. It's increasing. Strength. Strength. Into my body. Into my body. And satisfaction. And satisfaction. Into my soul. Into my soul. I am so excited. I am so excited. To be devoted to my legacy life goals. (laughs) To be devoted to my legacy life goals. And I choose my purpose over all other purposes. And I choose my purpose over all other purposes. I am grateful. I am grateful. That every obstacle is removed from my journey. Every obstacle is removed from my journey. And I choose right now. And I choose right now. No fear. No fear. No worry or doubt. No worry or doubt. While I'm believing in me. While I'm believing in me. I am a positive light. I'm a positive light. For those that know me. For those that know me. For for those that meet me. For those that meet me. (laughs) And for those that will never see me again. (laughs) And for those that will never see me again. Oh, what a fantastic podcast and a fun hour this has been. And I'm going to listen to this over and over again to fill up the rest of the week. And I am going to embark on that assignment, Steve. And I just know that we're going to have so much to talk about next week as we reflect on the assignment that you gave us today. Make sure that if you do want to order another journal or check it out for the first time, you can do that at stephencanyon.com. KBs all over the world, go out there and love a neighbor today and just know that we're sending out so much love and so much light to all of you all around the world. We're so grateful for you, Stephen, and thanks as usual for all the wisdom. Bye.